It's Golden Hour Adventure Time, featuring everyday people doing extraordinary things. From the peaks of victory to the valleys of defeat, these are their stories. Now, from the back of the pack, your hosts, Justin and Robbie. Hey, Robbie, have you ever heard of Seeker Supplements? No, I have not. Yeah, they have some uh, really interesting flavors here in front of me. It's pineapple orange, glacial green apple. They got superfoods, electrolytes, uh, amino acids. Seems like a pretty cool little uh, little company. So what's the superfoods for? Yeah, the superfoods is for someone who does not like to eat vegetables very often, like myself. You take a green and red superfood and you're getting your, your daily count of vegetables. But you know something bigger, they've given us a discount. And you can find that at run2gun.com, run2gun.com. Type in Golden Hour 10 to get your 10% discount. Golden Hour 10, 10% discount. Sweet. Hey, welcome to Golden Hour Adventures. We have a uh, super interesting individual here. We're uh, jumping outside of the running world a little bit and getting into the uh, training and fitness world. Uh, we have Jordan Miller. He is the owner and operator of Run to Gun, which is the uh, training and uh, fitness programs. Um, I've, I've kind of followed him online. He has all kinds of clients that he just helps to achieve their life goals. And it's super awesome. Um, and you might have also seen on my podcast or my uh, Instagram, uh, Seeker Supplements. He's also the owner and operator of Seeker, Su- Seeker Supplements. So, uh, Jordan, welcome to the podcast. What is up, you guys? I'm pumped to be on with you tonight. I've actually been waiting all day for this. I just got out of the gym. I made sure to schedule my workout today, like right before this, because I always get amped up and like feel like you have that mental clarity right after a workout. So I planned it right before this, stepped in, poured some aminos, and I'm ready to rock and roll. Oh, man, Uh, you're you're probably never going to have an ultra runner say that he just jumped out of the gym. (laughs) I know it, right? Everybody's like, look at this weirdo on here. Like, look You gotta, you gotta, you gotta pull us to the gym to get us to work out. So Tra- trails are our gym. So yeah. Oh, well, it's funny because I watch you guys, this content and I'm like, I want to be an ultra runner. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, it's the best man. I love it. It's a yeah. good challenge. I've picked up a lot of running in the last year and a half and uh, it's really been enjoyable. Yeah, it's a great, it's great. So, so Jordan, tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, who are you? What is your story? Let's, let's kick it off from the beginning. Where, where did uh, run to gun come from? Absolutely, man. I'll give you the semi-condensed version because I don't think anybody wants to listen to like a six-hour podcast. So (laughs) we'll tone her back. Man, I started Run to Gun originally. Uh, I started working on the concept. I graduated college with a sports exercise degree in 2011. Uh, I mean, my wife moved to Sioux Falls and man, I started training right away. I got in the gym, started training my clients, but I knew I wanted to train hunters and outdoorsmen at that time. I saw my my grandpa and my great uncles who were my hunting heroes, man, growing up. We'd go out to their cabins out in the hills and they had they they were some of the first ones to harvest like elk out in Custer State Park when that started. Bighorn sheep, mountain goat. They had all that on their walls. And so get out there and just dream as a little kid, seeing those on their walls. And uh when when I started getting to that age out of college, where it's like, man, I had the time to go do these things and go on these big hunting adventures. Uh, my grandpa had like 33 years preference points for a lot of these big hunts. Oh my and he gosh. got to that point, he got to that point where he was, didn't feel like he was physically capable to go do them and stopped applying for those tags. And, and he totally had years left to go, you know, 
Um, and so that really pushed me and inspired me to be like, man, I want to prolong guys' hunting careers so they can hunt with their grandkids. Like I wanted to go hunting with my grandpa and go, go on that, his hunt with him, you know, not even for me, but for him. Absolutely. And so we, we started training guys like that and, and women for hunts and outdoors adventures. Um, and those type of clients were like my passion projects. Um, a majority of our clients are just everyday people, general population people, but you always have the few every year who are like, Hey, I have a big hunt coming up. I need to rock and roll. I got my butt kicked last year. So, uh, the, that's how we got started. And, uh, we fell into a TV show right after that. Uh, we filmed this promo video for my business and, uh, my buddy who filmed it for me, I was trading him training for that video. He owned a, I mean, he was starting a media company and, uh, I had no money. He had no money because we were both starting <laughs> our business. And so we were trading each other, our services. And he's like, dude, I have a connection with this network. He's like, I can get you a meeting. I think, I think this would be a sick idea for a TV show where you can show how you train, get ready for hunts. And I, we joked around about it in the next, the next week he was like, Hey, I got that meeting lined up for you on Tuesday. So I went in the network, I pitched him a concept. I mean, it was just an idea. I'm a 23, 24 year old kid. And, uh, I didn't have anything to show him. I mean, I just went in there and vision pitched, you know, and, and at the end of that meeting, they were like, yeah, can you have, this was like in August. And, uh, they're like, yeah, can you have a series, you know, season ready for us to go by January 1st? We'll launch it January 1st. And I'm like, oh yeah, no problem. That sounds great. And I walked <laughs> out the network and I sat in my car and I was like, because I don't even own a video camera. What the hell? <laughs> uh, but man, you know what? That's like been, that's been such a theme of my life has just been like jump out of the airplane and, and build your parachute as you go, as you're falling uh, and figure it out. Uh, so many people I just see get, you know, paralyzed, they're, they're paralyzed. Uh, and you know, that paralysis by analysis statement where they're, never willing to take a risk because they're just trying to overthink that next step when sometimes you have to have faith, man, and just go for it. And that's really been a theme of my life um, with that. And we filmed eight seasons of that. Um, had a blast with it. We and uh, learned a lot and really grew our brand of Rundu Gun. I mean, that's really what grew the brand. And uh, we, we actually took a break from filming last season. It was our first season that I didn't have a camera behind me during the hunting season. Um, and it was a really nice break. Um, we just know that We've been this last couple of years just being pulled in other directions to work on other things. And um, God's just been directing us to to work on really just connecting with men. And we used our platform from that TV show to really just further relationship with men and uh, push them and challenge them and encourage them along their journeys. Um, so it's been a fun transition in this last couple of years. Nice. So with what, was this... the the what was the name of the show? Run to Gun TV. Oh, Run to Gun TV. All right. And so would these be just hunting ventures in like South Dakota or would they be all over the U S foreign or what, what kind of, uh, what kind of hunts were you guys filming? Yeah. So ironically that same year that we started filming would have been 2013, 14, somewhere around in there. Um, that was the first year I ever applied for an out of state hunt. And, uh, it just happened so that we lined up and I drew, I drew a New Mexico elk tag that year with my bow. Um, so that was the first hunt we ever filmed was down in New Mexico, um, with their bow. So just crazy how things are provided for, um, and all that stuff lines up. And so we went down there, uh, killed a bull with my bow on the second day. First bull I ever killed my bow. Um, just was awesome. Um, it's, I, I, I it almost pains me going back and watching those first couple seasons as we were trying <laughs> to figure it out. So it's like, do I tell people where they can still go watch that right now? But you can actually check all that stuff out on our YouTube channel. We have every episode still up on there. 
Um, and so we aired on like the pursuit channel, we aired on Midco Sportsnet. Um, so regionally and nationally for a few years there. Um, but we had an absolute blast with it. So we were, we were filming all over the country, man. Like it was a lot of South Dakota stuff as we were getting going. We've had a ton of hunts in New Mexico, man. You can go watch on YouTube. Like we've, I've drawn that tag three times. So I've killed three bulls with my bow down there in New Mexico. One, that first one was about 20 yards. Uh, my second one is an awesome film. I think it's in like season six or seven. You can go check that out. We, we called this bull to like 10 feet and a monster bull just comes tearing through. These are all public land hunts. Um, so that was just wicked cool. And then, uh, that last season we filmed, we drew that take it again and killed a bull on the last day. Um, those last two were last hours of last day too. We, we, we like to make it drama filled and so <laughs> uh, killed about 50, about 50 yards there. Um, so we've gone three for three down there in New Mexico. My dad drew all those tags the same time I did. So he was actually down there hunting as well. Um, and my dad's killed a couple bulls with his bow. Also, New Mexico has been really nice to us. I've killed several Barbary sheep down there and Oryx, uh, a couple of nice antelopes. So we've loved New Mexico, man. It's been a cool time down there. Um, we filmed in Colorado, Montana. Oh man, we filmed kind of all over. We went, we were up in Alaska. We filmed some sick, the blacktail on Prince of Wales Island up there one year. Uh, so it's been, it's been, it was a heck of an eight years, man. Uh, my wife's probably really happy that we didn't film last year. So <laughs> I have a love hate <laughs> relationship with the Prince of Wales Island. I did a, uh, uh, a fly-in drop-off week-long yeah. black bear hunt and just didn't see a, a black bear the entire time. The plane came to pick us up, and as we were flying out, we flew over the beach that was right across the the, the water from our camp, and there was a black bear standing on the beach. And I'm just like, can you just, like, <laughs> let me jump out? Or <laughs> So, yeah, I, did, I was on a, uh, uh, a very expensive camping trip, so... It was fun, but <laughs> you know how that goes sometimes. <laughs> Prince of Wales wasn't nice to me either, man. We, uh, one of my buddies got one deer, but, uh, we had like such a warm spell when we were there in November and the deer were just like, they weren't doing their thing. And so it was, it was rough. We didn't find much, um, funny story with Prince of Wales. Like I had no idea there was a wolf population on Prince of Wales. Apparently there is, we were like four days into that hunt and I was down in this big Valley and all of a sudden a pack of wolves, like light up howling behind me about 200 oh my yards. Gosh. We get back to this little town right there on Prince Wells where we were kind of camping back up in there and stop at the gas station in there to fill up this truck that we rented to get around the island. And uh like, what do you guys have a bunch of wolves on the island? And Blaze's like, Oh, yeah, the wolf population, it's bad. It's it's really bad. <laughs> I'm like, I wish I'd have known that about four yeah, days ago. Yeah, that's, went back a little bit more. Fun. Oh man, it was yeah, it was crazy. We went in May, and uh, Alaska just decided to give us the business. I think we had rain, sleet, snow, mm -hmm. hail. We had it all. May was not the time to go to that island. It's it, <laughs> it's such a remote place that um, we weren't deer hunting, and it was in May. But we saw tons of deer, and they would like follow us around. They had never seen a human yeah. before. They have no idea what was you know what we were. They would walk right right up to us. I mean, if I had some food, I could have just handed it out to them. It was insane how close we were i mean to mature bucks you know that you're never going to yeah. have that experience anywhere else um but yeah no bears but <laughs> yeah of course i did see black bears so i guess we could trade our hunts a little bit and <laughs> so, really yeah you could have touched the deer but it's it's crazy <laughs> hey you had mentioned uh hunting with your grandpa um uh, you know i i had a special place in my heart for my grandpa I mean, he's still alive but i have a, a special place for him you know i I learned everything about the outdoors. Um, I grew up hunting in Texas. Um, and, you know, it's, you know, we, we, it's a little bit different hunting in Texas. You know, you hunt from tree stands and ground blinds and you hunt over a 
a sack of corn, but you know, so it's a little bit cheating to this Western hunting, but you know, it's just like, I, I just remember all the times that he would take me out and we would, you know, shoot squirrels out of trees and just, you know, sit in the stand for what I thought was a lifetime. And it was only probably 30 minutes, but uh, you know, it's just like, I remember my first deer that I shot with him right there beside me and just, you know, it's just a special time. Um, do you have a story of hunting with your grandpa or your dad that just kind of like, you know, it's just like, it's just that warm memory that kind of just brought run to gun. Cause you mentioned that your grandpa kind of, that was kind of the, the aspect of behind run to gun. Do you have that story? That's just like, I want to, you know, instill this on, on the clients that I, I train. Yeah, man. Um, most of all my hunting when I was a kid was with my dad. I mean, like, and you know, where we were from in Western South Dakota, I mean, we went out every day after school to like pick me up and like, we just go out and jump on a piece of public land and hunt some grouse quick, you know, or yep. go deer hunting, quick, whatever the season was. Um, so, I mean, I have so many memories of that, like my first deer and my first buck and like all of that, but for real, like, I think two, two things that really connected for me was when I killed that first bull in New Mexico with my bow, my dad was with another guy, like on another ridge calling in bulls. So we weren't together. And I remember him, like we radioed them after we killed that bull to swing over because of late night pack out, man. And we, he came over and I just remember the look on his face when he came up and it was like this half look of like, he was just so jacked for me. Yeah. It was that first bull and he hasn't killed it, but he hadn't killed a bull yet at that time frame either. And it was like this look of just like, he was half pumped and half just like broken hearted that he wasn't there to see me do it. And I just remember like, and I can feel it right now just saying that, um, because he was always with me for my firsts, yeah. you know? Um, and so then I made sure when I drew my South Dakota bull tag, which is, you know, you know, like you're from South Dakota, you're in South Dakota. So you you hear people be like, this is like this coveted thing. <laughs> um, I made sure that, like my dad was with me. Um, and I, he was right with me when he, when I killed that bull and, uh, it was super special. That is actually on season three or four. Uh, you guys can watch that on YouTube and like, you can feel the emotion through the camera. My brother is my cameraman, um, through seasons two on and like, like having us three, my dad, my brother together for that was super emotional. And it had turned out that my grandpa actually had went to the hospital the night before in the middle of the night. And that was going to be the only morning my dad was going to be able to hunt with me because he had to drive back to pier to go out, go up to the hospital. And so it was just like, and we killed that dude. We killed that bull in the first 16 minutes of the light. I had like, you know how many years it yeah. takes to draw that tip. Yeah. Like we hiked in at 3am and I bumped it. I bumped this bull in the dark and I like mute at him and stopped him and his cows like 20 yards from me in the dark. And I just kept him within a hundred yards for two hours until first light. And, uh, you know, first light came and he was taking his cows up over, you know, up over a ridge and, and we got him, but it was like super special. So like having that moment with him, knowing my grandpa was like in rough shape, all of that was like super emotional. Um, and then I got to be then with my dad in that same area when he got killed his first bull in black Hills, like with the, when he killed his rifle bull. So it was just, that was almost more important to me seeing my dad kill his South Dakota bull here a couple of years ago. Um, me getting to do all, you know, do that scouting, put in the work. It was more of like, I felt like it was more of my hunt than his. So <laughs> like, I don't know if there was this like time frame or this hunt when I was little that like made me, you know, think of run to gun per se when we created it, it was more or less that 
that connection that I wasn't going to get with my grandpa that I wasn't going to get that I wanted to make sure that my dad would get with my kids. Absolutely. And so it was more like this missed opportunity. Um, so I wanted to make sure my kids were going to get that with their grandpa type of a thing that, and then thinking about other people not having missed that opportunity as well, that drove to, to steer that and start that. Super. How cool. many years did it take you to get your elk tag? In South Dakota? I, I believe it was 13 for the rifle tag that I drew. Yeah. That's pretty good. It wasn't too bad. It was still a little better odds, even just like, you know, eight years ago, it was just slightly better. Um, and I applied, I had the North unit. So I decided to take my points, take up North to H1, try to draw it early. That way I could maybe pull the tag one more time when I was like 65 or 70 years old. So we'll see. I'll let you guys know in 30 years if that plan pans out. <laughs> well, I'm, I, I'm building up my points now. So in, in 20 years, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I'm there, man. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely worth the wait for sure. I mean, it's such a great hunt. I, I tell everybody uh, in the hunting industry that I'm a runner first and I'm a, a hunter second. So, you know, no one in the hunting industry likes that. And there's very few in the running industry that hunt, I think. So it's uh it's kind of a, a weird mixture of people that, that do both. Well, I just hadn't ran across the, I haven't run across a lot, but um, so, so the, the run to gun started out as a you know training and fitness program training people for the hunt to more longevity be able to hunt long term uh, and just be be healthy and you know fit throughout their lives uh you know that's a it's a huge problem here in america just you know as people get older they just they get out of shape and it's, it's crazy to me um yeah, I mean, but like how did this more. how did this transition to i follow you on instagram and you're super live on instagram but how did and that's where i, I see a lot of this but how did this transition from a a TV show where you initially started the training and fitness program to a hunting show to what seems like more you've transitioned back to your training and fitness programs. Yeah, man, I wish it was like my idea or something to do that. Um, it really was just, we were where we were at in life, uh, at the time. So it was just like the last, even the last two seasons, I wasn't sure if I was supposed to be doing it. Um, but you're so far in and you're, you, you know, when you're building a business or when you're doing anything in life, it's like when you're, when you work at something really hard for a long time, which a lot of people don't know from 2011 to 2019 or 2012 to 2019, when I was doing all of this, I was working a full-time job and working full-time on my side gig, trying to build up my business. So, I mean, there was this like long time period where I was working like 90 to hundred hours a week trying to grow this thing. Um, it was hard. I mean, it's no other word around that. than it's just hard, but it was, it was awesome at the same time, you know? And so, we just got to this point where these last two years, 20, I think 2020 would have been the last year we filmed the hunting show. Um, and then that whole year I was just pulled like, man, I just don't feel like I'm not sure if I'm going to do this, but I've always prayed throughout this whole thing of just like, man, like God, if I'm supposed to be doing this, just make, keep the doors open for me, make it clear that I'm doing the right things. And we always, doors were always like, clearly opened um takes like that that was really obvious um and so i was moving into that next season and i'm like hey like i just want to make sure i'm doing the right thing this is what you're calling me to do i feel like you're calling me to do this other stuff um and focused on building community of men um, focusing on encouraging men more doing men events doing these things that we you know we were being prepared to do and i was just like hey just close doors man i i need i'm i'm ignorant sometimes i'm like close these doors and make it obvious for me i, I need it to be obvious on this one um, and man, I tell you what, like the next day, one of our networks that we'd always, they, we had traded airspace for, for our content, our content drove so much traffic to their network. 
that we had never paid a dime to be to air on their network. Um, the next day, they they emailed us and were like, "Hey, we're changing up our uh, this and that. This is what your price is going to be." And so, like that was one. Like we're like, "Oh, okay." Like okay, but I'm still a little ignorant. I'm still <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe that's <laughs> have a chance. And so, like, and then, oh, man, I tell you what, I didn't draw a tag. <laughs> so oh, if it no. doesn't get more obvious, if it doesn't get more obvious than that for me, a guy who films a hunting TV show and applies for tags in 15 Western states or whatever it is, man, um, and not having much for other than a South Dakota deer tag, pretty, you know, that was like my my answer. Um, and I was so thankful for. I have never been happier than to not have a bunch of deer tags because it was an answered prayer for me. It was it was an answered prayer of knowing what I was walking in was what God wanted me to be walking in and. Uh, I've lived my life not being obedient to what God was calling me to do right away. And it's painful. You know, we go through hardship more than what we're supposed to when we're not being obedient. And so it was just so, it was such a relief for me to know um, that I was doing the right thing. I was doing what God was wanting me to do. Uh, so yeah, we just kind of transitioned into then focusing our efforts on encouraging men. Um, for me, especially knowing uh, I grew into this from knowing um, God was telling me to be a, a, the, the leader of my family, but I was doing all the stuff on my social medias, you know, being a leader in this and encouraging people to do this, but I wasn't even doing it in my own home the way I was supposed to be. Um, and so I really had to face, you know, I had to face what I was supposed to be doing uh, head on um, and quit stiff arming what God was calling me to do. Um, and once I did that, um, it really just opened doors to, to and having clarity to that next step. And that was, you know, bringing guys in, um, helping them lead their families, helping them lead their self so they can lead their families the way they're supposed to. And so we can't even lead our families and our inner, you know, our closest people if we don't know how to leave our, lead ourselves. Um, you know, one of the commandments is, you know, you love your neighbor as you love yourself. We hear, tend to hear, love your neighbor out of that. But we forget that the portion of that is also as you love yourself. And so if we don't learn how to love ourselves right, we can't even love the people around us the way that we're capable of loving them. Um, and so it's just been such of that dynamic of just learning and growing and be able to really challenge men that they can do this. And that when we pull ourselves out of that isolation, get ourselves in a good circle in a circle that's actually a community and not a cage, what can really happen in their life and how kind of levels they're able to achieve. Um, and then, and then they find themselves leading within their families, leading within their communities, gathering their friends groups and doing these things that in their mind months ago was all oh, these small things that don't make a difference. And then they realize that, man, when a lot of guys are doing these small things, big differences are happening. And so it's been a fun couple of years of, you know, building that and growing that. And I can't say it's anything much of what I've done. I was just doing what I would call to do. So. It seems like he tapped you on the shoulder and you were like, uh, let me, let me wait a minute. And then he slapped you in the face. You're like, okay, now I get it. <laughs> he pulled the chair right out from underneath me. <laughs> for real. For real. And it was like, he was doing it gently for a couple of years on me. I can yeah. be a hundred percent. I knew yeah. a couple of years what I was supposed to do. Um, and I was giving him the Derrick Henry stiff arm, man. If you guys are kind of giving the stiff arm, you know how rugged that, you know, how mean that is. That's what I was doing, man. That's how I was living my life. Um, and I really, once, once, uh, I was like, all right, I'm going to be a little less gentle here. And uh, man, I hit rock. I hit my rock bottom there in December of 2020 um, down in, I was in a different house. We sold that house, but man, I was down in the basement on this very desk and man, I was just like rock bottom, just bottom of the barrel crying, man. And I, I really had to 
you said you actually nailed that just when you said like he tapped on your shoulder that's exactly what it was because i was face down in the barrel but he tapped my shoulder and i and i i had to choose then to roll over and look up and and grab onto the hand you know what yeah. i mean and get yep. pulled out yep. so you nailed it so you, you well, this day and age with toxic masculinity what what are some of the issues you've had to overcome mm. could you say that one more time i cut out really quick on you sorry toxic masculinity toxic masculinity oh you know men are not to be leaders anymore women are supposed to be leaders that whole social era what kind of struggles have you had with trying to lead men and what kind of pushback have you got absolutely them deep. Um, yeah no this is good i actually love that because i don't receive much pushback because if somebody doesn't agree with you know what i'm talking about they're just not going to follow me you know what I mean? Um, and so thankfully I've been really, I've been actually, I feel like I've almost been sheltered from getting a lot of like hate on my socials for having, uh, you know, growing a social for 10, 12 years here. Um, you always get the occasionals. Um, but I think from that, you know, getting men to understand that and lead that man, it's just like breaking curses. You know, um, if you look into like, I just learned this here a few months ago, even how it totally makes sense. But if you look at like in Genesis after Adam and Eve ate the apple, you know, like women, like there was a curse that happened to humanity at that time frame. And, and one of those curses was women were cursed. One of their curses was that they wanted to control everything after that. And, and so we can see that at times, right. And things are being pushed. And for men, it was, we were going to be cursed that things that we were going to cultivate and work and work the ground and cultivate, we're going to work against us. And so, we can totally feel that right at times in life. And so, man, when, when we can learn to, again, then, you know, lead ourselves as men, step into our callings, um, that helps ev the whole family dynamic, you know, um, especially like guys who are listening that are married or going to be married. Like when, when you're being the man you're supposed to be, it's, it makes it a lot easier for your wife to be the woman she's supposed to be. Um, and then all those things really start falling into place and and helps break that stigma of like you know there's a ton of people out there right talking about toxic masculinity what it actually is and on the flip side right you have all these other guys who are like this is what it is being a man and so it's like so hard right to really define what that is and what mass true masculinity is um for me like if i was going to define masculinity it would be to uh look at you know for me it's like to look at the gospels see how jesus lived his life and mirror that because he's the ultimate man right he was he was fully god fully man um but seeing that like i can mirror all these principles that he did i can work at mirroring those things um and when you actually start laying it down you're like oh dude this dude was a man like he was a warrior and uh he knew how to get it done so to me like that's that would be like the definition of what striving for masculinity would be like graceful patient strong warrior like to be able to being, you know, he was a lion and a lamb. We think of like two different things, but it's like, we think of it as a pendulum, but really he's like all of that at the same time. And so it's like, that's hard to do. Like we, like I have a temper, <laughs> like how do I deliver things gracefully? You know, like, uh, you know, how, how do, how do I use my passion and not let it work against me? Like all things, like things are like, man, we have these gifts, but it's so easy to let our gifts work against us too. So, so what would you think you say your purpose is now in life? Absolutely, man. I'd say my purpose for sure is to, you know, answer the calling that I have on my life. Uh, right now, I'm. it's very clear what my calling is. Sometimes it's not clear on what the step to do is, 
Um, but I know my calling in life is to deliver, you know, the great commission to other men, which is, you know, be a disciple and go out to the world and make disciples, be a fisher of men, you know, lead, teach other guys about Jesus Christ. Um, and so that's, that's definitely what my purpose is. It just happens to be that my hunting life and my fitness life is the connection point that I can get guys to come in. Um, and so luckily like that's my staff is, uh, you know, hunting draws those guys in to talk to me, fitness draws those guys in to talk to me. Um, and so it was really cool. Like I reached that point where it's like, man, I don't want to talk about mule deer anymore, (laughs) 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 but it's like, I've had to understand like, no dude, like that's, that's how you connect with people. Cause most guys you're not going to like walk up to and just be like, Jesus. And they're gonna be like, Oh yeah, let's talk. It's just not that way. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, let's be real. It's not that way. Um, but they will talk about hunting. They will talk about shooting bows together. They will go hiking like that we did this weekend, like all weekend. You know, they will do these fitness challenges. Um, and even then, it's not like I'm shoving Jesus down anybody's throat. I don't. You know what I mean? It's just, um, but if it comes up, the opportunity rises. And a lot of guys, the guys that are coming in, um, they're they're searching for more in their life. Some of them know exactly what they're searching for. Some of them don't. Um, and so... Man, that's my purpose. I know that that will be my purpose the rest of my life for sure. Um, whether I don't know if it's going to look like that with fitness or hunting, or if it's going to be somewhere else. But so you mentioned that uh, on the t- subject of uh, masculinity, you didn't have much pushback. But in the hunting and fitness industry, um, have you had any pushback? When I know, I know you're not like upfront about you know uh, the word of God, but you've been, you know you've used that as your staff and your platform as hunting and fitness. Have you had any pushback through that, through those avenues within that industry? Yeah. I never felt like in the hunting industry, I made it to where I thought we should be. Um, I always felt like we were kind of the black sheep in the hunting industry space. Um, you know, we were one of the first ones back in 2011, like nobody was really doing hunting and fitness back then. Like it's very trendy now, right? It's a big thing. Nobody was doing it back then. Um, but for some reason it, you know, we couldn't get it to take off. Like we had dreamed it, it we thought it should be. Um, and so, yeah, that was always like, I, I could never figure out why that was, um, you know, we'd work with certain companies, but then things would never take off the way we wanted it. Um, yeah. And I mean, maybe we were just weren't good enough too. you know, like there's always that, but, uh, man, I felt like some of the stuff we were doing was, was up to par. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like maybe that wasn't just, wasn't part of the plan. You know, we were supposed to be at the level we were supposed to be at for a reason. Um, but I can't say we were getting pushback from like people like fans or stuff like that. I felt like it was more pushback from industry, you know, companies and things like that, that, that you would be connecting with. So. Well, it seems like if you have a TV show, like a, you know, a certain network wouldn't want to have you know, that style of talk on their, on their network, you know, we all know the networks we're talking about, but <laughs> they, you, you, you know, you kind of, <laughs> you, you, you see what I'm saying? Like if you're on a network and you're filming and you're, you know, you're trying to spread the word and at the same time, film a hunting show and talk about fitness, like, were you getting any, uh, you said a little bit from the industry, was that from the, um, the TV networks or from, you know, I don't know, maybe dive into that a little bit. Yeah, we never had an issue at all with any networks. Um, and I definitely wasn't on camera, like spewing preaching by any means. Um, but it was clear, you know, there was times where, you know, during like we filmed this workout, have a little motivation message in it, 
or whatever or out, you know, at the end of a hunt. And you tie, we tie to things very naturally. So like our show never had sit down interviews. Like most shows have like this interview and this voiceover. Everything we did in our show was live. Um, so it was live, raw, real. And that's how it got edited in, uh, which made it really cool. And, uh, and so like we had that. I mean, if that's what was coming out, that was just coming out, but it, but we never had any issue with any networks. Um, it was just more so like sponsors and things like that. that oh, okay. It would go from like working, doing things to like ghosted. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was odd, you know? Um, whereas like you would, and you tend like, it's easy to play the comparison game, right? So you're looking at that, that, at what other companies are, you know, these guys working with the sponsor and you see it and you're like, dude, their stuff sucks. What the heck? Like, <laughs> and you're like, they're playing that game with yourself in your head. And back then, like I, I was, I was, I mean, just five, three, two years ago, I mean, just different headspace too. You know, like we mature so much over the years. So it's just like, it's easy when that, it was easier for me in that game space back then. I was so competitive to get in my head about those things and compare. And, and so it's just growth, you know, as we, as we go. So yeah, more absolutely. So absolutely. And that was honestly, that's what like just drove us to build our own business. You know, like I didn't want to rely on sponsors for an income. You know, that's such a stressful thing to year in and year out. You're like getting your sponsors on board, getting to write you checks. Um, and to me, it just like that was an entrepreneurship to me. Um, to me, it was just like, man, I need to, I want to rely on myself. Like I want to, I want to, I want my business to be worth something, not because somebody gives me a check because they want me to put their product on my show. Yeah. Um, and so that's where it was just like, man, we just want to push, you know, what we're good at. You know, we're good at, we're good at helping people get healthy. We're good at, in, in, you know, empowering people to do that and encouraging them to do that, change their life and live healthier. Um, and that's when like Seeker even kind of came about that we joked around about building a supplement company in 2012 when we were building our media deck and to sell sponsorships. Like, man, this would make a sweet supplement company someday. And uh, yeah, in 2019, when I finally took Run Again full-time, um, that was when we went full-time with it in mid-2019. And we were just like, you know what? Let's send it. Let's let's just go for it and risk it. I think we have the brand power to pull, you know, let's just try it. So we came out with one product. We just came out with the Seeker Hydration, Mental Focus and Energy, um, Pomegranate Lime was that first flavor. I think I sent you over one of those. Oh, yeah. Um, and so that was our first product, man. We had one thing and uh, it just took off. And so we made a second flavor and then we made a drinkable multivitamin. And I just, we just kept creating these products that um, selfishly I was making them for myself. There were things that I wanted to fill the gap with in my own life. And so I just, we made them, we made flavors. We worked with our chemists to do it all. And we started manufacturing it and, uh, and going for it. So it's just been a fun journey. Now we have like, I think 19 or 20 different SKUs, something like that. We have, you know, um, so it's been, it's been crazy. We're going to hit our three-year anniversary here in a couple of weeks. Oh, congrats. What, uh, how, how much success, it, it seems like it's taken off, but like, it, has, has that been super successful? Are you in brick and mortar? Or are you strictly online? Or? Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it is a tough industry to get in. I mean, we all know there's like a million different supplements. So like, if I was to tell myself again, to like, to tell my old self three years ago, like, dude, yeah, go make <laughs> company. I don't know if I'd do it. Um, <laughs> It's hard, dude. It's really hard. Um, but it's fun at the same time. I'm competitive. So I enjoy the challenge. I mean, my wife just really enjoy it. Um, so I can't say like, I'm not going to sit here and spew like that. I feel like I'm super successful with it. I feel like we have a really long ways to go, um, to go with it, but we're still just like, if we can just even just continue to own the South Dakota market and surrounding areas, we can do really well. So we're really just trying to own that market and we know it'll just continue to grow from there. Um, I think we've sold to, 
nearly every state we're a few few still that we have to sell to but um so it's been really good we're mainly we started off 100 percent uh direct to consumer on our website and uh we we have some products around some like friends and stuff like that like my dad in Myrtle has stuff at his hotel because people there pick it up um there's a gun shop here in sioux falls uh north of us here that has some just just seeker just one of our products there that people like to pick up um and then uh just recently here uh, our first brick and mortar will actually be uh tnk in, in rapid city we'll have they're opening up a store so we're gonna put some they want some product in their store in rapid city uh which i feel like is good out there i feel like we haven't hit the western side of the state much we have people from out there that buy our stuff but not near as much as i want yeah and so i'm hoping that'll help get some guys get it in new people's hands so cool well i'm definitely taking you guys to alaska so um, let's go I, I i use the supplements a lot and i i really enjoy them they're the flavors are amazing and the one thing that i like about it is the scoop is always on top <laughs> we know the struggles oh. with that and then the mixability mm-hmm. behind them it's you know sometimes it's just they're clumpy and they you know, just don't mix and it's like you know I, I don't know there's there's so many mixed reviews about supplements but you know it's it i think yes. it's just your own personal preference whether you want to take them or not you know i like yeah. the i like the greens because i don't eat vegetables and that's you know i i i don't know why but i there's no you know i just have some greens in the morning and that's you know that's my thing so uh helps it does it does it does so uh, i cannot guarantee to everybody listening if you buy it that the scoop's gonna be on top but it happens just just every time for me it has happened so uh don't don't hit me up on on social media uh blasting me for the scoop not being on top it's gonna uh, happen now. I yeah, yeah. It. <laughs> the next one that I get, it's gonna be on the bottom, and I'm like, "Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, I, I did that to myself." So, um, <laughs> you you keep bringing up men's programs, uh, working with men, kind of organizing men. So, um, talk about like what have you done with with groups of men? Like you mentioned that you just got you went on um, a hiking trip with them. Um, I've I've seen a couple things on social media where you guys have like overnight camping trips and and stuff like that like expand on that a little bit some of your programs that you offer yeah man so outside of just like our traditional training and nutrition programs that we do um we started doing events like live events gathering together as people and so like for example this weekend and you you helped me with this a little bit too we talked social media back and forth um there's eight peaks out in the black hills that are all over seven thousand feet so at the beginning you know me and you were talking about arnie peak black elk peak black elk peak whatever you want to call it um, which is the t- highest point east of the Rocky Mountains. Um, so it's like 7211, I believe. Um, but there is also seven other peaks out there that break 7K. Um, and so we went out and we just hiked all of them on Saturday together. So we got together, we drove out all the guys, um, all the guys, but one was from out east here. One guy from Rapid joined us, two guys from Rapid joined us. Um, and we hiked all eight of them in a day. Um, some of like, I can't say that that it was super rigorous. I thought it was going to be way more rigorous than what it was. <laughs> um, I was a little bummed because I thought it was going to be like double the mileage and it wasn't near as much. We could have, if you were to maybe park further down on a couple of roads, but a couple of the peaks, like you can drive a road to the peak. Yeah. And so we would actually like, we'd get there and be like, okay, we're going to park. So we'd like drive down a mile and a half, two miles and park and then, and then <laughs> hike up the road. Um, but then I think there's another, there's like three or three mountains that don't have any trail at all. So you literally just drive down a road until you get close to the mountain, you park and you just, it's like hunting, right? You're just like, hike up the mountain. Yeah. And so those ones are super cool. 
Um, and then Harney obviously is always a great hike, no matter where you hike, like that's always just a great one. To yeah, be. that's a great one. Um, and so we do stuff like that, man. That was good, good fellowship time. Um, and, uh, we've done a couple of those in June. First weekend of June, we do those every year. Um, that is outside of Canton, South Dakota. We do it on the, the Sioux river. Um, so it's a 3d archery shoot. Um, we have a great time with that. Um, we've done what we call seeker summits. Uh, both of those have been out in the black Hills and those are like overnight events, like you said, and it's filled with like fitness challenge. Should we hike, we work out, we eat really good. We cook some great meals for the guys. Um, and it's a lot of like, even just like it's physical challenge, but it's also emotional challenge. And so we're diving into things. We're diving into those struggles that men struggle with and we're facing them head on. Um, we're there to create change and to establish vision in men. And so we're having a boatload of fun. Um, but a lot of times guys get vulnerable when they get broken down and that ha- you break them down physically. And so you, you hike hard, you train hard, <laughs> you know, we do ice baths. And so we do stuff like that and you get broken down and man, that's when you can really start getting vulnerable and you can start facing these issues that you're having in your life. Which I think we saw after 2020, man, like, how, like what pieces we're missing in lives, you know, and um, how important relationship is, but what are we doing to actually like nurture these relationships in our lives? You know, are we doing more than just like Facebook messaging each other? Are we actually gathering as people and then supporting each other and knowing how to serve each other? And that's just a missing piece that me and my wife felt like was missing. Uh, so that's what we started doing. We started just filling the gaps um, with the people around us that we could fill the gaps with. And that's where it starts. Well, it feels like that's we've awesome. lost that tribe mentality where we all come together. We work towards something together. Now it's work, work on yourself mm. or you're bettering. Um, I don't know if that's right, but you know, kind of, yeah. what kind of men do you find coming to these events or reaching out for help? Yeah, dude, I would honestly say these are men that I feel like are, are a lot of these men, like you look at them, like these are masculine men. <laughs> like, they, you know, like you wouldn't think that it's like, from a visual standpoint, if you're going to judge somebody from a visual standpoint, it's a lot of like manly men that are coming out and doing this stuff, you know, but you start, you know, you open down or you share your own, what happened in your own life. All of a sudden you realize that, man, like I'm not the only one that struggles with that. Everybody else is having a struggle, some type of struggle. A lot of us, our struggles are the same or really close thereof. Um, so yeah, I, I think you, you attract who you are, right? And so you're attracting other guys that, are similar to you. They might not be, be in your same spot, but they're, they're similar to you. And uh, maybe they want, they see that you, you know, you climbed out of a, a struggle. They want to know how to, or they just want to build their inner circle. They want to be part of an inner circle. Um, they want, they see the the importance of that relationship um, and they're sick and do it, sick of doing it on their own. And so th- those are the type of guys that have been, been reaching out and just want to be part of a community. Super cool. Yeah. I, um, I, I've seen those on, on your social media and they just, they look like you just, you guys just have like a, such a, a fun time. <laughs> Dude, it's such a blast. Saturday was rocking fun, man. We just like yeah drank a whole bunch of electrolytes all day, hiked, ate way too many like random protein bars and <laughs> we had some good old Mongolian grill the night before on the way in to carve up and oh, uh, nice. stopped and spearfish on the way back and had a good burger at the farmhouse and it was good, man. We had a great time. It was just like, you're hanging out all day. You know, it's just, it's awesome. Like you were saying, the, um, the, 
the struggle. Did anyone struggle out there? Dude, this group of guys were ready to rock and roll. I was impressed. Awesome. Yeah, like there is, it, that's not normal. Actually, most of the time there's always, yeah, guys getting pushed. They're getting pushed to the limit and they're tired and that's okay. Um, that's the whole point. It's like, we, we're going to walk with you no matter how tired you are. If you don't think you can do it, you're going to do it. Um, <laughs> we always, we get, we get everybody to finish, but uh, the guys yesterday were, or on Saturday, were just rocking and rolling, man. They were pushing me. They were making me walk faster. So it's fun. Sometimes you get a group of really fit guys too. That's not the norm. Normally, normally it's not like that. So it was cool. We can build off each other too, right? Dude, always, man. This is like, sometimes like you have, you have to do that. Part of your circle is you can't be the best one in your circle. Like you gotta be, man, you gotta, you gotta have, make sure the circle you're leading might be, you might be the best, best one at what you're leading at, but the circle you're in, then you're in a circle. You better have some guys that are, that are leveled up or you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah, for sure. Like that's always kind of the thing. It's like, you know, you, you always want to run with someone who's faster than you. If you, you know, if you want to improve your, your run. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So speaking of running, uh, it wouldn't yeah. be our podcast if we didn't mention, uh, running a little bit. So, uh, I know you, you've recently got into running, uh, any aspirations to, to do a big race? For sure, man. I do actually. And that's why I got into it. Um, so I was actually running is not foreign to me. I actually, I actually ran in, I was a sprinter in college. It's just, oh, okay. I, I ran very short distances very quickly. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so it's harder long distance, man, just right. Long distance just destroys me. I am built anaerobically. And so last May, it was weird. I just felt like I needed to go out and run. So I went out and ran a 5k and uh, it just destroyed me. It took me forever. Um, and I was dead and I shouldn't be that way because I'm, I'm a fit guy, but man, when it comes to like long distance, kick my butt. So that was very appealing to me. I didn't go out. I didn't put in headphones. I, I just went and ran. Um, and I didn't, and I realized when I got back from that 38 minute 5k that, that, uh, <laughs> that it was probably the only 38 minutes I disconnected that entire day and okay. didn't have any other outside stimulants. And I went down and I went down and ran down a gravel road, man. And so I committed that day. I'm like, I'm gonna run two 5ks a week. And it's crazy. Cause I was like, I'm like, how am I going to find the time to run two 5ks a week at the time? Um, and that turned into like a third run a week, um, which turned to like, oh, I want to try to go around five miles. And I really had a struggle time getting past like the three and a half mile mark. It was just like, I don't know, it was a mental thing or something. And finally, one day it was like, it just popped up in my memories. It was in August last year. Finally, it was like, I just drove out to the Badlands. I hit Castle Trail, which is five in and five back. If you don't park a vehicle on that opposite side, and I was like, I'm just going to park on this side and I'm going to run to the other side. I guess I'm going to make it. I, mean, I have to run back. I don't have a choice. <laughs> um, so I put in, I think we put in 10.3 that day or 10.17. I think actually is what it was. I remember specifically. And my wife hadn't ran a lick that, that, that whole summer. And she went out and ran the whole thing with me, which made me feel less masculine, by the way. <laughs> I was struggling to break, to break 3.5 miles that whole summer. I just couldn't do it. And it was a mental thing. And so I went out and ran that and it was just like a breaking point for me. I really just fell in love with, with it in, in trail running. Um, and I knew I, I wanted to do some, some just stuff that was hard, man. And I, I still refuse to run with headphones. I haven't run in this year and a half of doing this. I haven't run once with headphones. Um, I just go out and run. And so been putting in some mileage. Yeah. I mean, nothing like you guys, but, uh, ran a couple 20 milers this summer out on the trails and, um, doing that kind of stuff. But I, I really like to do um, hundreds on my mind. 
for sure. Nobody else knows that. It's the first time I've ever said that publicly. So now it's bad because now somebody's going to hold. Now <laughs> oh, we're going to hold you to it. I yeah, know. yeah, we're definitely holding you to it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, and I know it's going to take me a while to get to that point. Um, I, I just know my body, my body adjusting from uh, anaerobic to aerobic to do that kind of thing is going to take some time. I think my weights actually dropped from I was close to two forty last year when I started doing that. I'm like two oh eight now. Um, so just slowly trying to get myself slimmer. So my body holds up, um, but I don't want to lose a bunch of muscle because I've worked my whole life yeah. with the muscle that I have. So it's like trying to do this in a slow pace. I know it's going to take me a couple of years. Um, but I do like, I was, I was thinking about maybe hitting a 50, um, by the end of this fall, uh, before winter gets nasty, I might, um, I'm probably not going to sign up for a race to do that. I'm probably just, nobody's going to know. I'm probably just going to go out and do it. Um, so 50 mile or 50 K a 50 miler. Um, okay. It's kind of what I'm thinking, um, but we'll see I, uh, if training time allows. What I'm running into my bottleneck is just the amount of time it takes to properly prepare for this. Age. As you as you know, um, it's just a, a crazy amount of time and uh, got two businesses and two kids and a wife at home. So it's like I'm, I'm bottlenecking my time right now, which is tough. Um, and so I do want to run. And I know you ran this race last year. You ran that 50K in Canton at Newton Hills last year, right, Justin? Um, I ran the uh, 18k. You ran the 18k. Run. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. I just ran the 12 mile. I didn't run the full 50k. Um, okay. I was still pretty recovering. I was still recovering from uh, the Black Hills 100. So okay, I was in no shape or form to run. I just did two laps. But okay, nice. Um, it was a great, great, um, great course. Great yeah. race. Aid stations were wonderful. Like good. Highly suggest anybody going out there and doing it. It's kind of just a small race, but it was super fun. Just had a little old school feel to it. Right. So I'm debating on doing that here in, you know, was two months away now, I guess. Um, so that might be my first official, official race. I do a lot of training there already. That's kind of where I, I live pretty close to there. So I'm up, I'm up there a lot running. That's kind of my little, my little, my little spot. I feel like that would be a really good entrance into the ultra world running a 50 K there. You, uh, you run a, a four mile loop you kind of do a figure eight you run a four mile loop and you're back at the aid station then you run a two mile loop and you're back at the aid station there's only one aid station so okay um you're, you're never very far from aid um and if you get in a bind you're you know a couple miles away from the aid station so yeah. um I, I think that you know when it's cool weather it's not going to be hot um right. you're not going to have it has a little bit of climb but it's not going to be one of those like the speed goat 50k where you're getting eleven thousand feet you know but yeah. Um, so, you know, it is trail running. You're going to have the, your obstacles, but I, I think it's, a, it would be a great option for a first, first ultra marathon. Yeah. There's just a couple hills out there that are kind of rough and that's, otherwise it's pretty solid out there, but yeah, it's a little, and they're straight up too. It's like, Dude. you know, the hills out here is, you know, they're kind of gradual out there. It's just like, boom, there's a hill. It's like, Oh, yes, they so, do. They hit you, man. They, they're not fun. <laughs> <laughs> But well, cool, man. Well, hey, uh, I, I think we've gone through everything and we don't want to hold you up too much longer, but there's a couple of questions that we always ask at the end of our podcast. Um, what kind of gear are you running? So I went running in uh, the Hoka Speed Goat 4s is what I've okay. been going through about three, four pairs of those. Um, I actually started with like a pair of Brooks Ghost or something and realized as a 220 or at that point, 235 pound dude, those did not <laughs> hold up very long. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, just no, talking I, about how everyone starts in Brooks. Isn't that funny? Like legit. We were just talking about yeah. All my clients now that start running, they all buy them, and I'm like, you're not gonna want those. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I do wear Brooks. I have trail shoes that are Brooks, and they're fantastic yeah? trail shoes. Uh, they're not anywhere near what the ghosts are. They're like four millimeter drop, but okay, yeah, um, yeah. Brooks puts out some pretty solid trail shoes. So don't, don't sleep on one. Don't sleep. A, yeah. You brought the wrong ones. Don't I sleep on the, the on the Brooks altogether, but yeah, yeah they, do, they put out some pretty good trail stuff. Yes. Agreed. It's just like the wrong. Yeah, exactly. The wrong ones. Um, I actually yeah. went through a couple different brands and stuff just trying to find my shoe. Like every, obviously like, like there's not one shoe like you guys know that like you have to find something that works for you and your foot and your your drop and so at the the fours the speed goal four has been working good for me i think i'm gonna order a pair of fives just try them out here um the new ones but that's what i've been rocking there um have uh i have a salt i have a i switch i was just doing like a cheap nathan belt with a couple 10 ounce bottles there when i started um i think i got it like shields or something so i'll run those for some of my like shorter runs um, or if I'm going to be back, like looping around at the truck quite often where I can just refill. Yeah. Um, but I just, this year I finally ordered, I knew I was doing these longer runs. So I ordered a, a vest. I bought a Solomon vest. Um, I can't, it's like the four something. I can't remember the name of it. Um, yeah. Welcome to the club. <laughs> dude, it's hard, right? There's so many names, but, uh, it's a great dude. I, I was a little worried cause I get hot, man. Like, yeah. bigger, dude, like I get hot. Um, but I really enjoy it. I'm it's locked in. It doesn't bounce or anything. And, uh, I really enjoy that vest. It's sweet. You kind of inspired me to do that. I seen, seeing all your posts, I'm like, I need to switch over to a vest. Um, so doing that as far as like any other gear, man, I like, I buy random stuff as far as like, I never wear shirts. So I can't say that (laughs) (laughs) shirts that I wear, uh, but, uh, shorts, man, just like whatever I can get, get, it's funny how you start to, and I'm like a basketball player, you know, I play basketball in college as well. So like, I never thought I'd wear shorts over my knees. (laughs) <laughs> and, and I bought my first pairs of three, like, and then I went to like seven inch and then I'm like, man, these aren't, these are kind of long. So I, I bought a, <laughs> I bought a random pair of fives by accident. And I'm like, these are kind of sick. And then yeah. I'm like, these aren't, sh-. as you start getting in shape and you're running, like, these aren't short enough. Like you do start getting sucked into the running world, dude. Now I like, do. And, and now like, and now I have the three inches and I'm like, so now it's like, and it's bad because I want to wear them to go train my clients. And I'm like, I can't stand over people with, with three inches. In shorts. <laughs> That's so, awesome. But dude, like there's, yeah, so- I, I don't like the three. I stick at five, but five, yeah. Five is very comfortable. I love the the five inch, but yeah, fives. Are I can, I can hit you up. Uh, I can hit you up offline. I got, I got a lot of, uh, I've tried a lot of gear so I can, I can tell you what, what, what's pretty good. What's not. So. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, that five is like that perfect happy medium. You can you can run and still go over to the store when you're done and not get looked yeah. at too funny with the yeah. fives. Yeah. So, but we well, can, once you get into the true trail running world, like we wear these crazy colors and yeah, you know, we're just we're the rainbows standing out there. Like, what are these guys doing? So yeah, you're gonna get looks at the store when you go in and you're wearing pink sunglasses, uh, a blue hat, and you know, I have purple shorts too. So you know, you get you get looked at kind of crazy at Safeway after a run. You're like, what is this yes. guy wearing? And that's, and <laughs> I honestly, love it though. I love the bright colors. That's what's so attractive to the trail running world too. Uh, it's just, man, it's so much fun. I, I'm a, like, I like that too. I like bright colors. Like I'm wearing a purple shirt right now. Like I, I love that. And the community is just seems to be awesome. Obviously I'm, I'm, I'm new to it, but they seem to be just awesome. Uh, people that are just like vibrant and um, 
I've, I've gotten done with runs multiple times at Newton Hills and it'll be a couple of guys that are putting in some miles and they'll, I'll get done though. It'll be at their tailgate. You know, they're having like a trail running post beer, you know, and yeah. like, they'll be like right away. Just like, how many miles are you running? Like, Oh, I just did it. You know, I just quick nine. And they're like, dude, you want to have a beer with us quick? Like everybody <laughs> just super cool. Um, yeah. you know, and I, I, I love, like, obviously we, we talked half of this podcast about community and relationships. Like, and I, that's why I feel like I'm so drawn to it is because that's what it is. Like the bodybuilding world is not like that. <laughs> it's like, no, no. like, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and so it's just so cool, uh, that trail running world. So I'm glad I'm introspecting into it, but it's been a lot of fun. Be very careful though. Cause it's a black hole. So oh, yeah. they, they draw you in with a community of like, Hey, come have a, an after run beer. And then before you know it, you're out, you're, you're running your second hundred miler and you're like, where did this, what, what happened <laughs> three years ago? I ran my first marathon. Now here I am. It's like, you just fall in this hole and you don't know how to get out. So and be then, very careful, tread very lightly in the running world. <laughs> noted. And then you're filming back of the pack thought videos on your Instagram. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Those are great. That's, that was actually, uh, that was my wife's idea. I love those. Uh, I love the videos. Dude, I tell fun. you what, too. I am like committed to not having my first sanctioned race be a marathon. I am like, my first sanctioned ever race is gonna be an ultra. Like I'm skipping. It has over to be. It. It's gotta be. That, it, it has to be. That's uh that's yeah. I did a half and then I did a full and then I did uh a 50k. So I did the that's I did sick. the way you're supposed to, but um I I wish I would have just ran straight onto a trail 50k, but I would have died because I wouldn't know it is. Right. Never ran a road race. That's <laughs> to get him into one. I was trying to talk him into one running one this weekend. I'm doing a, 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 a road half marathon. I was trying to talk him into it. And I was wondering why he was like, no, I'll just go out and volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> which, which one hey, are you so, uh, it's the Dakota spirit, uh, marathon. So, nice. um, the, the guys out here at black Hills running company, um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen that opening up, but they, uh, all super cool environment. Um, you know, just trying to set up a, an all inclusive type running store and, you know, it's, it, it, they're really cool. So the, uh, one of the owner and a couple other people bought out the leading ladies marathon, which was, um, a women's specific marathon. Okay. It's an all downhill fast marathon yeah. and they added a men's marathon to it. So leading ladies is still there. That's the women's race. And then Dakota spirit is the men's marathon, but Dakota spirit also has a half marathon and a 10 K that allows anybody to run. So awesome. uh, I'm going to go out and run the half marathon. So good. Yeah. I drove by yeah. their new, their new storefront the other day and wish I had a time to stop in, but it looks great. Yeah. We were probably in there. We're doing a podcast with Mike. So <laughs> no way. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, who should we interview? Man, you got me on a tough one right there. It's a tough question. I'm trying to think of some cool guys. There's so many cool guys. Who do you look up to? Who's helped you, mentored you? Yeah. Um, trying to think here who I, who I really like on like my socials that I, I really enjoy. I mean, there's, there's a guy named... I've talked to him one time, uh, a couple different times, actually. His name's Dustin Johnson. He is, his story is really cool. He's got a book out there called... Uh, strength and struggle, uh, connected with him on Instagram and, uh, his stories, his story is pretty cool. And he's a fitness guy as well. He's like me and he's kind of gotten into some running 
as well. Um, so his story is pretty cool. They, they've done like him and his wife has traveled, have traveled a lot around in a bus and things like that. So their story is pretty awesome. Um, have enjoyed that. There's another guy, he's got a pretty cool social as well. Um, a lot of masculine style stuff, um, fitness very much. So he, he's filming movies, um, right now as well. So his stuff's kind of cool. So what was his name again? You cut it out on us. Yep. His name is Cody Bobe is the second one. Could be, could be a good one. Um, man, there's so many options. You guys, there's so many options. It's, it's always tough. That's a tough one. No, that's, that's a yeah, that's good. Those, yeah, those two, like we can definitely hit them up and, you know, we just kind of like, this is kind of how we build our network as we ask people, you know, we have someone that's kind of outside the running world, how you are. And then, you know, we reach out to Dustin and we get him on the podcast and then we, re he, re he recommends somebody. And that's just kind of how we grow this network. And we just hear all these cool stories and stuff like that. Yeah. So I got one more, uh, his name's Mitch Mueller. He'd, he'd be solid. He's, he's a good voice. He's, he's great at communicating. Um, and his Instagram is, I, I actually, I've talked to this guy multiple times. Uh, I look up to him. Um, so Mitch, it's actually just Mitch and an M U L L E R Mitch Mueller is his Instagram, I believe. Good dude. Sweet. Cool. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Hey, uh, so it, this is your time, man. Uh, whatever you want to highlight, whatever you want to shout out, whoever you want to shout out. Um, I would say the floor is yours, but it's pretty much been the floor is yours the whole time. So that's why it's an interview. So, uh, but yeah, the floor is yours. Uh, shout out whoever you want, your company, um, whoever, whatever, man, it's all yours. Go for it. Awesome. Yeah. I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, you guys can check out my socials are just at run to gun, uh, from a personal social. Um, it's, it's my, obviously our business and personal right there. Um, at seeker supplements is our other one. Um, so you can check those out on like Instagram and, uh, Facebook as well as at run to gun and as seeker supplements. So pretty simple. Um, my, my TikTok I think is Jordan Miller underscore run to gun. Um, that's all fitness. Uh, if you just want fitness advice, tips, things like that, that's all that one is. Um, and then, yeah, just setting encouragement to guys. Like if you're, man, if you're just like, you want to level up your life, obviously if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably working on your fitness. You know what I mean? Like you're already probably running, you're probably doing something or you're getting into it. Right. If you're maybe you're listening to this, um, and that is a great aspect to have locked in because our fitness life has so much to do um, and bleeds over to our commitment in other areas of our life. If we can be committed to our health and our fitness, build discipline in that sense, um, you can then carry that over and have diligence in all these other areas of your life, whether you're trying to build a business, uh, you're trying to be a great coworker or boss or be a better dad or a husband. Um, it'll help you lock in, but it only helps you lock in if you can, you can make and correlate those commonalities. And so that's where like running specifically, right. Helps us do that. Like I challenge guys, you heard me say, like, take out the earphones, you know, get out, don't, don't take the phone or take the phone, but you're not going to be on it, you know, um, and just challenge you to get in some silent time every single day, um, disconnect and not have the world pouring into your ears and your eyes all the time and run long enough to where you run out of things to think about. Because when you can run out of things to think about, that's when we can start listening. And listening is a key thing that a lot of times that we're missing in our life. We're so easy to want to talk or, you know, want to consume. Sometimes we just need to get in a silent spot and just listen. And that's when we can be led into where we're supposed to be leading or get clarity on confusion. Um, and I feel like that's such a huge part and will really serve a lot of men that are maybe listening to this podcast right now. Love it. Sweet. Well, thanks again, Jordan. I really appreciate it. Your story has been uh, phenomenal. Um, I, we've been, you know, 
buddies for the past year or so. And I, I thought I knew you pretty good, but I, I didn't know you at all. So <laughs> I've learned a lot. Um, and I, I hope that, uh, whoever listens to this podcast, um, you know, take something positive out of it. So uh, appreciate it again. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for being on with you guys. Thank you for listening. This podcast has been produced and edited by Backbeat Sound. Come and find us on Instagram at backbeatsound1776 or email us at backbeatsound1776 at gmail.com.